Father, even now as we turn our hearts to your word, we pray now that you would speak to us with clarity and with precision. Lighten the eyes of understanding. Help us to know the great hope to which we've been called. The exceeding greatness of the power toward us that believe in the power which you exerted when you picked Jesus up from the grave. Cause him to sit at your own right hand. Far above principalities and powers, every name that is named not only in this world, but also in the one which is to come. Change our lives for your glory, for your honor, enrich, impact it, and do what you have purposed to do even before the foundation of the world was laid. This we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Bless the wonderful name of the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me please to the book of Isaiah again. Isaiah 46, we're going to look at verse 9 and verse 10, and then from there on, we are going to build on uh, part 2 of the message that we preached yesterday. If, if you can grasp this principle, uh, your life will never ever be the same again. It, it, it is... It is it is God's modus operandi. It's God's way of doing what he does. Isaiah 46 verse 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old. For I am God. There is no other. I am God. And there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times. Things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel, my counsel, my counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. Then I want us to turn to Hebrews chapter number 4. And let's read verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3. And we're going to use... Israel as our case study. Hebrews chapter number one. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached unto us, as well as unto them, but the word which they heard, did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who believe do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works, very, very important part of the scripture this, although the works were finished, from the foundation of the world. Let me ask the question. When was this work finished? You may answer. From there? Let me ask again. When was God's work finished? What is the problem? The problem is Israel is standing one step away from inheriting or 
going into the promised land. Just one step. God summons them and bring them together and their pastor says, well, let us get representatives that can go out, spy the land and bring us a report. They selected one of the elders of each tribe. Twelve of them came together. Amongst them were Joshua and Caleb and pastor instructed them, Pastor Moses, go now and spy the land and bring us report thereof. They go out and they spy the land and the Bible says as soon as they have done that, they come back and they bring evidence of this great land. The whole assembly is gathered and summons to come together. And these people that have gone out there is giving a report. I think somehow they probably selected maybe one or two um, uh, to speak on behalf of the group that has been sent and commissioned. And here the assembly is uh, gathering before the presence of God and pastor is sitting there and the first person stood up and says, Well, pastor, we've gone out there to go and have a look at the land. And indeed, it is a land that overflow with milk and with honey. In fact, we have brought evidence. Here is the fruit from the land. And they show them the evidence, the, the humongous grapes and pomegranates and, and other evidence that they presented to the congregation. And the person giving the report says, well, we went from this area to that area and the problem that we faced was this. The land is good. It's a beautiful land. It overflowed with milk and with honey, but we saw the sons of Anak. When we looked at these people, we were in their eyes as well as in our own eyes as grasshoppers. And when they concluded the report, the Bible says the entire congregation cried. Joshua and Caleb, however, jumped onto the stage and says, please, please, just wait a minute, wait a minute. Indeed, yes, these, these, these sounds of anarchy there, the giants is in the land, but Please don't forget they are without defense. The Lord is our shield. He's our buckler. He has shown himself to support us and to fight our battles. Remember what he did to Jericho. Remember Joshua tried. But the Bible says to no avail. They weakened the hearts of the congregation. And when the congregation responded the way they did, it angered God. Because they chose to walk in unbelief. God called Moses to a meeting. He said, come here, come, come here. When Moses and God meet, 
God says to him, I swear I'm going to kill the last one of them. None of them is going to enter into that promised land except for Joshua and for Caleb. These are the only two people that will get into the land. The rest of them I'm going to kill. And God killed every last one of them, frustrated them, and caused them to walk around in a circle until all of them were killed. Why? Because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. Paul, of the right of Hebrews, tells us, the word which is preached unto us was also preached unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? When they heard it, they didn't mix it with faith. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, please hear me today. Hear me today. The Bible says, he that come to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You need to understand whenever God sends his servants to preach his word, that word is sent to us so that we can profit through the preaching of the word of God. The Bible says regarding the word, Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse number 12, for the word of God is alive, it is powerful, it is sharper than a two-edged sword. The Bible says in the book of John with regards to the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by the word. And without the word was nothing made that was made. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, now by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that were made were made with things that were not seen. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, so shall my word which go forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but my word shall do that where unto I send it, and my word shall prosper. I've come to tell you there's power in the word of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Peter said, You have been born again, not with corruptible seed, but through the living and everlasting word of God that abides forever. God says, my word is like a hammer that destroys a rock. My word is like a fire. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor the power of God is in the word of God. When Paul speaks to the children and to the people at Rome, in Rome, he said to 
them nigh thee is the word even in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved the power of God is vested in the word of God you cannot grow in the absence of the word of God you cannot flourish in the absence of the word of God you say to me brother pastor why do I need the word because faith cometh by hearing and hearing that word you need to hear and 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 hear the word of God you need to hear it on a Monday on a Tuesday on a Wednesday on a Thursday on a Friday on a Saturday on a Sunday because that word of God it's alive and powerful and sharper than the two edged sword somebody shout hallelujah they did not mix the word with faith in the absence of the word faith is non-existent non-existent listen to your father I have sent my word to heal them. Everything that God does is within the ambit and the confines of the word. God is not going to do anything outside of his word. It is such a serious problem that when Jesus was here, he said in Mark 7 verse 13, you are making the word of God none effect. Why? Through your traditions. The word of God is there to help you. It's there to heal you. It's there to deliver you. It's there to change and to transform your life. It's to, it's to strengthen you and help you to live a colorful life, a meaningful life, a productive life. But through your traditions, you are making the word of God to no effect. All scripture, Timothy is told is given by God Timothy 3 6 and 17 it's given by God by inspiration it is what it is profitable the word is what it's profitable the word is what it's profitable it's profitable it's profitable it's profitable, it's profitable. hallelujah the word of God the word of God 
First Thessalonians 2 verse 13, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from it, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you. Word of God. What works in you? The Word of God is supposed to work in you. Supposed to work in you. When you read Psalms, David talks about the, the importance of the Word of God. No, before we get to Psalms, you remember the story about Joshua. The pastor's gone home to be with the Father. His work is finished. And here Joshua is intimidated by the magnitude of the responsibility that's now placed upon his shoulders. Your father looks at him and says, Joshua, yes sir. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein both day and night. The importance is right the first meeting that they have. God says, point number one on the agenda, the importance of the word. Shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. That. Look at that, day and night that you may observe. And to do what? According to all that is written in it, then only in the absence of the word, you cannot prosper. In the absence of the word, you cannot have good success. Go to Psalms chapter number one quickly. Oh my goodness. Bishop, is it all right? Can I go? Give me Psalms chapter number one quickly. Look at Psalms chapter number one. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor the word of God is the principal thing. Look at this quickly. Now this is a sermon series on itself. Blessed is the man who walks your walk. We don't have time to talk about that, but your walk is very important to God. In the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand, your stand is important to God. On the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. So, there are three areas of our lives that is being addressed. One is our walk. Two is our Stand three is where we Hallelujah. Look at verse two. But his delight is in what? He's in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. You commit that scripture to memory over and over. You commit God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in God's mouth. Paul says, We have believed, therefore we speak. So when the seed of the word of God dwells in your heart, the Bible says, Out of the issues and the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. So what comes out of your mouth is the word of God because death and life is in the power of you. Oh my Jesus, my, your tongue, 
your tongue, your tongue, tongue. And so the more you feed yourself with the word of God, the, the Bible says it this way. He says, the New Testament says it this way. He says, let the word of Christ richly dwell in you. The word that they heard did not profit them. Why? They did not mix it with faith. They did not go back to Psalms. Please, I'm not done yet. They didn't mix it with faith. They did not meditate upon it night and day. They didn't do that. Now check out verse 3 quickly. Let's see. Look at verse 3. That person that makes God's word a priority shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Brings his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither. Whatsoever you do, it prosper. It doesn't matter what they put in front of you. You prosper. It doesn't matter what the enemy plan against your demise and for your demise. You prosper. You are strong spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. You prosper. It doesn't matter whether they put you on the backside of the desert. The word of God says, I will bless you in blessings. I will bless you in multiplying. I will multiply you. I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the field. It doesn't matter where you put me, anywhere you put me. I'm going to use that word. I'm going to declare and speak the word of God. I'm going to tell the devil, don't you know that Christ Jesus died for me and became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Don't you know devil? It is written. Beloved above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul that prosper. I'm gonna tell the devil listen to me. Don't you know it is written that goodness and grace and mercy will follow me all the days of my life don't you know it is written thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in God's mouth Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. His word is alive, his word is alive. He sent his word to heal him, the people. His word is a light unto our path, is a lamp unto our feet. I have hid your word in my heart, lest I sin against You must love the Bible. You must read it. You must study it. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering, flooding, just sitting upon the water, just waiting for what? Waiting for what? Waiting for the word. When is the Father going to speak the word? Because in the absence of the word, I cannot move. I don't move because of your emotions. I don't move because of your psychological perspective or your analytical mind. I'm waiting for you to speak the word of Almighty God so that I can work in your life, in your circumstances, and in your family, and in your church. God said and 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 God saw and it was very good why because he spoke a very good word death and life is in the power of your tongue the world in which you are living today is the world that you created yesterday So if you're going to come to God, Hebrews says, you've got to believe. You've got to believe that God is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Because without faith, and that's the problem, they did not have faith. Their hearts were filled with unbelief. And here's the facts. This is the shocking part. Them inheriting the promised land had absolutely nothing to do with them. Are you ready for the journey? Listen to your father. Your father tells us how he works. It says, please understand, I am God. Is that all right? It says, forget about the former things. I am your father. There's no one like me. It says, what I do, the way your dad operates, I tell the end. From the beginning. Your father is saying, listen, my children, I never start with the beginning. I always start with the end. When the end has been concluded according to the immutability of my will, my counsel, my desire, when that's done, then I back up and I start the beginning because the end is set. Nothing takes me by surprise. I don't wake up in the morning and say, oh God, what are we going to do? Everything that happens in your journey from the earth 
back home has been factored in the equation. All you need to do is you just got to believe. Walk by faith. What is faith? Now faith is the substance of things we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained what a good report. What is, well, the just shall live by faith. If you have faith, you will say to this here mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say with your mouth, you shall have whatsoever you say. Have faith in God. Are we good? So let us go. Everything about God is in the Bible. Everything. You don't need to be confused with major one and major two and prophet one and prophet two. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Leave them. Leave them. Leave them. We heard yesterday. So let us go to Genesis chapter one. And we see how dad works. Can we do that? Can we do that? Right, Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. Our father is saying, Then God said, Let us make men in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Very important is verse number 27. So God, our dad, created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Then... God said, be fruitful. He blessed them now. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea. Over the birds of the air. Over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Look at me. That is called the creative Phase or stage. I'll explain. Before this building of ours was built here, there was a piece of land. Isn't it so? Our bishop then, after the land was procured, then engaged based upon the vision in his heart. And based upon our needs, he fed the architect with the necessary information. The architect took that information and translated that information in what we call a concept. That concept can also be referred to as the creative phase of the project. Once the final phase was concluded and brought to Bishop and our leadership, they look at our building infrastructure and all of its design and all of its glory and Bishop said, that's it. Let's sign it off. We signed it off. And I'm not sure in our case whether they erected 
well, one of the things that they do, we normally build a model. We build a model and then the architect gives that blueprint to a designer and they then put it on a billboard. And they say, GBC coming or opening soon. That is called what? It's the creator face. The building does not yet exist, yet it exists. from the creative stage to the stage in which we are now going to translate it from the paper into reality. Fate without works. What do we do? Just walk. Listen, I don't even need you. I'm going to bring down the walls of Jericho anyway, but faith without works, you've got to align your faith with your actions. So just for the sake of it, just walk. Just take a walk. Just take a walk because faith with... By the time we're done, the building is standing... And people come and they wonder, did this building fall from the sky? No, it didn't. There was a sequence of events that led to the manifestation. Say these words. Say, creation precedes manifestation. Right. Now, did God Create the man. Yes. Did the man exist? No. He's created, but he's not made yet. What? Yes. Aye, brother bishop. Yes, he's, he's created. He's designed. And, and in his design, God already made provision for his futuristic needs. Not only does your father make provision for his futuristic needs, your father also blessed him before he could be cursed. In the creative phase. All right, now we're done with the creative phase. Now, in the creative phase, dad creates all of the animals, all of the fish, everything. Everything. He creates them. He designs them. It's what comes out of him through Christ, according to Colossians. But the manifestation of the reality does not yet exist. So in Genesis chapter 2, now dad is going over into manifestation. He says, now this is what we created. Now we are going to make what we created. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the host of them. That is what? In the creator face. It's done. It's finished. So now 
Your father's going to do something. Look at this. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his works which he made. Note, here it comes. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it that in it he had rested from all his work which he created and made. Two totally different processes. He created them and made them. Now, let's see how he makes things. Now, it's going to start now. Look at verse 4. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the, look at those two words. Look at those two words. In the day that the Lord made, when they were created, in the day that the Lord made them, this is what happened. Before any plants of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord had not yet caused it to rain. For there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up the earth and watered the face of the whole earth. And the Lord God formed. Now he's going to make. He's been created but he has not been made yet. Only in verse 2 does he make him. So now your father... Look at the blueprint and he begin to bow down and out of the dust of the mud of the clay of the earth. Dad now builds this body for this man that he created. When he's done making him, he then breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. There it is. Only in verse 2. I mean in chapter 2. Now, let me interject and tell you this. You see when the Bible says, and God rested from all his work. Give me the chair, please. That one right there. Overseer. Your father is seated in heaven. He's got no stress. <laughs> On his right hand is our brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not standing, he's seated because his priestly work has been successfully completed. He went in once and for all and obtained what the Bible calls an eternal salvation. That's why Paul says he's seated at the right end of the Father, ever liveth to make intercession for us. He's our propitiation. He's the mediator between dad and us. Now, the reason why our Father is seated is because all his work is finished. finish God can do no more for you than what he has already done finish that's the reason
reason why your brother is called Alpha. Beginning. First. So on the seventh day, when he rested, he rested from everything that he created. Everything. And all he says, now nah, I gotta sit back and I gotta wait for time because I don't live in time. They live in time. And I need for the pleasure of my will to manifest itself in the earth. Check it out. Now, when he's done with creating Adam or Adam, whatever you want to call him, it's all right. Dad is not finished yet. In verse 18, verse 20, and the Lord said, it is not good. Ow. But I thought they were together in Genesis 1. No, they were created in Genesis 1, but not made in Genesis 1. And God said, it is not good for men to be alone. I will do what? Now I'm not going to create one because I've already created her. I'm now going to make one. So what does God do? He says to Adam, come here, son. And one, two, three, he puts him out. He lays on the floor. In him was his provision. Yeah, you are, Adam, you are looking around and looking for, what, what you're looking for is right inside of you. You are empty, you are, you are hurting, you are, you are lonely, you, 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 you're trying to relate to the, to the ape and to the chimpanzee and to the elephant and to the giraffe, but you cannot relate to them because what you are looking for, it's not inside, it's not outside, it's inside. Come sleep, my boy. So we sleep and dad take her out. Same way like when Christ was hanging on the cross from his side, the church was taken out. Adam's bride was taken from the side. Christ, the second Adam, his bride was also taken from the side. Now look, now God is going to make the animals. He created them, but they're not made yet. In Genesis 1, they created, but now in Genesis 2. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Right, now, let's try and close it. Now these guys, what they don't understand, this thing about going into this land, 
this thing about inheriting it. I'm going to bring you into a land that overfloweth milk and honey, out of whose hills you're going to duck copper. After you have built goodly houses and, 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 and paved roads, he says, and, and after your gold and your silver has increased and, and multiplied, he says, then you must remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant with you. So now, God sends Abram to the earth. And when Abram comes to the earth, you know the circumstances, we don't have time. The work of God is already done. All Abram has to do, he has to receive that word. Why? Because faith cometh by, hearing by the now let's check it out. Let's check it out. Let's see what happens. As it is written, 4 verse 17, Romans. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He has appointed him our father in the sight of God in whom he believes. Who gives life to dead things and speak of non-existent things as if they already are. So what does God do? God is an amazing God. The first thing that he does, he comes, he gives you a ridiculous promise. He comes and he gives you a nonsensical promise. He gives you a promise that does not add up. A promise that does not align to your circumstances and the reality of your life. The reason why God can do that is because in the creative face of the work of God concerning your life, he's already done. All you need, you need a word from God. So God says, faith cometh by hearing. Here Bishop stands up here and he preaches a word word, a word that defies your imagination and your mind. I mean, it just, it just sets you back and you think, my God, can God really do this for me? But faith enters into your heart. And the reason why God allowed that faith into your heart is because you got to go back to God. And if you go to him, you've got to believe that he is and that he is what? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Abram gets that word from God. God says to him now, I want you to leave your father's house and your kinfolk, the word of God. It's already done. All God does is speaks a word. He says, Abraham, after you leave your father's house and your kinfolk, he says, I'm going to bring you into a land, a beautiful land that overflow with milk and with honey. He says, I'm going to give that land to you and to your descendants. He says my boy and blessings I'm going to bless you and multiplying I'm going to multiply you I'm going to bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you why because in the creative process it's already done he says come let's go for a walk they go for a walk and God says look up and he looks up and God says to him can you count the stars in heaven he says no God is impossible God says to him so shall your posterity be the next day God says we've got to reinforce his faith and they walk by the seashore and God says can you count the sand on the sea he said no God he says so shall your seed be if they could count the sand on the seashore they would be able to count your children kings are going to come out of your loins The reason why, what does God do? He's calling things that be not. 
Why? Because it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Look at his response. Who against hope, believe in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to which was spoken to him, so shall your seed be. And not being weakened in faith, he considered not his own body, not the deadness of Sarah's womb, because he was about a hundred years old. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was made strong in faith, giving glory to God, and was fully persuaded that he that promise was able also to perform it. What is he teaching us? All he's teaching us is that God is not a man that he would lie. Neither is he the son of man that he has to repent. If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. God asked Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter number one, he said, what do you see? He says, I see a branch of an almond tree. God said to him, you have seen well because I'm watching over my word to perform it. And they went forth preaching everywhere. And the Lord working with them, confirming what? Confirming the word. Confirming the word. What, what? What signs following? God honors his word above his name. And we don't have time. I am doing an injustice here, taking such a lot and cramping it into one sermon. But my bishop gave me instructions. And when my bishop speaks... Oh, I got to obey. I got to obey. He might just kiss me. <laughs> I love you. I don't have time. Now nah, I'm going to leave it. Uh, Mama, I left to come back again. <laughs> Let me close it. Let me close it. I don't have time. There's so much there. Right now. All God wanted these people to do was to stand on the word and the covenant which God made with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. All they needed to do be, was un, be, be unwavered in your faith, stand and declare the promise of, of God. Like Joshua said, we are well able. Tell, look at the devil telling no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper every time. All you needed to do was to speak the word. And they didn't do that. And God says, I'm going to kill all of you. And he killed them. Where, where, where's the brother that plays that machine? Hey, my brother, how you doing? You're good? Would you give him a good round of applause, ladies and gentlemen? Now, let me show you something absolutely beautiful. Before your father created Adam and Eve, before this process was done, Christ, the Lamb of God, was already slain before the foundation of the world was laid. The provision of God was made. So when you see dad sitting on the chair, Jesus has already died. already died. Remember when he said, they, they, they said to him, how dare you stand here? You are not even a, 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 a 50 years of age and you say, you have seen Abraham. He said, Abram saw my day and rejoiced. 
said, before Abram was, I am. <laughs> so Jesus died when? Check it out. Revelations chapter number 13, verse 8 and 9. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been recorded in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So when Adam and Eve committed treason, again, you, you can play my brother, I'm, I'm done. I give you permission to. Yes, you are precious, but you will not get a kiss. It's only for my bishop. <laughs> so when the father walks into the garden Adam 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 where are you and they hide themselves from the father's presence and eventually he mastered the courage and came out and said we were naked. We are naked. And when we heard your voice, we hid ourselves because we are so ashamed. As who told you? You were naked. It says the woman which you've given. He asked, what have you done? She said, the snake. The father looks at them because the righteous requirement of the law of God needs to be met. And I wish I had time I do not have, but judgment is released on the man. Judgment is released, but within a redemptive framework. Why? Because the work of God is already done. Your father looks at him. Your father says, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and the woman's seed. And it will crush your head and you will bruise its heel. What prophecy was that? That was the prophecy of a mystery. Paul puts it this way. He says, had they known they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. The problem is they didn't know the cards that God held in his hand. They didn't know which card he was going to play. And that's the reason why he tried to kill all of them with Moses. That's the reason why he, he, he incited hatred in Herod's uh, and insecurity in Herod's heart because he wanted to stop the work of God that was created to be made. So they didn't know. And our father could never be taken by surprise. When in Genesis 6, the Nephilim come and the sons of men, the sons of God, look upon the woman on the earth. What they wanted to do was a carefully calculated strategy of the enemy to defile the human DNA by allowing angels and men to come together in intimacy so that they could undermine the plan of God. Wish I had time. But your father, the end is already set. 
The end is already set. So your father just navigates and just leads the children all the way until the Christ child comes into the earth. And when he came into the earth, he said, for this purpose has the son of man come into the earth. Not that I should take up my life, but that I should lay it down a ransom propitiation for all men. For God so loved the world. Now, now check it out. I, I'm closing with this one. Do you know as far as your father is concerned, you are already seated in heaven. <laughs> Can I just give you just two little verses? Put up Ephesians chapter 2, please. We're just going to run away quickly. Hallelujah. I can't hear you. You, you can put a little bit of volume there, my brother. Ah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at this. Verse 1. And you, he made alive who were dead in your trespasses. Go on. Verse 2. In which you once walk according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of obedience. Disobedience. Three. Let's go. Among whom also you once conducted yourself in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and by one nature the children of God, just as others was. Four. But God. But God. Who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we were dead. Now let me illustrate it. Come here my boy. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here son. Run up. Run up quickly. 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 Look at this. Look at this. Kaboom. Die. What the Bible says is this. Because the work of God is already done, it's finished. When we were dead in our sins, in our transgression, God through Christ made us alive. A dead man cannot hear, a dead man cannot see, a dead man cannot talk, a dead man cannot respond. That's why the Bible says, you are saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God, a gift from God, a gift of God, lest any man should boast. So when he raised you up, together with Christ, taking you into the heavens, our lives are hidden. It's a mystery in God, in Christ. And together in the creative process, we are already seated with Him in the creative process in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that one which is to come. And all that God is waiting for, He's just waiting for time, 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 time. Because He calls those things that be not as though... they were hallelujah hallelujah beloved now we are the sons of God it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know this that when he comes we shall be just 
like him. When the father sees Jesus, he sees us. When the father sees us, he sees Jesus. Paul puts it this way. He says, now we know that all things work together for the good for them that love the Lord. For they were called according to his purpose. For those whom God foreknew. He called. Those whom he called, he justified by virtue of the blood of his son. Those whom he justifies, he glorifies and even seals them. He gives them the spirit as an inheritance. They are sealed as his own property. And we close with this last verse. Why is God doing all of this? So that in the end, he can say to the devil, I got you. I got you. He raised us up together with him and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ. For by grace are you saved. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. And when you read the last book, this is all rolled up and it burns with fire. A new heaven, a new earth comes. The Father comes from the heavens. And he comes and dwells with us and so forever we are going to be in our Father's presence. And he's going to wipe the tears that uh, Reverend Matabula spoke about yesterday from our eyes. And there will neither be death anymore because the first things have all passed away. Everything is brand new. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, son.